0: Black Light Roundtable. I am your host, Sierra Cobb. Black Light Roundtable is a space that is used for unheard voices of criminal and social justice issues that many face in America today. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show. Sponsored by Emancipate NC. Good evening, and welcome to the Black Light Mass Incarceration Show
1: edition, open discussion, you can put your seat up at the table,
0: get some get coffee,
1: yeah, get straight and relaxed and stuff like that, and think about some stuff, because I'm about to just let y'all have it, because you know what's going on in the world, all this stuff, COVID, and Ukraine, and Donald Trump and his stuff.
0: There's a whole bunch of stuff going on in America in this legal system that needs to be addressed. Police still killing us every day. Yeah, go ahead. They still killing us for mental health. They still killing us because we of color. They still killing us because we poor. You go to prison and you get treated even worse. And it be your own people. It's a lot going on. I mean, it's so much going on
1: there inflation is so high, man. gas is going back up. Man. You got rent is double. You got less education for kids. And you got, like, they're trying to take history out of schools so the children cannot know what's going on. And they put, and, I, and, I, and you know what, I'm not even going to say all that, but they're putting stuff in school for the children to learn that really isn't no reason to do that because you have to teach a kid right. If you're going to teach a kid right to grow right and you teach a kid right, you don't confuse the kid to do this or offer his thinking to think this way. Uh, the thinking is already generated once the baby is born. If it's a male is going to know what to do, but a female is going to know how to be a female or you got to teach the kids right. After they grown, they are trying to make their own decisions. But why the innocent should ever put bad seeds in children? I hate that. I hate to agree with that. I don't, I don't like that. At all. That they temple with history and want to throw new history in there as if that was supposed to be going on. Right. I'm not biased. I'll never be biased, but I, I love the children. I got my own kids. I see how they're doing. The different things, different perceptions from the street, influence, school, whatever. Getting their heart broke for boys and girls. It's all types of stuff. So, yeah, I, I take a lot of interest in stuff like that when it's going on. But they don't even have enough education for autistic kids. They don't really have, have nothing for
0: autistic kids.
1: They happen to teach their own kids. You know what I'm saying? Like me. My wife does it all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello, babe. What's on your mind? I don't know. I got a lot on my mind today. It's has been a lot hearing from my people incarcerated just crying out for help. And it's like, you know, nobody's hearing them, nobody's understanding that we have a huge mental health crisis, not only in society, but in incarceration, and yes. you know, at least in society, you can get some kind of help. But being incarcerated, it's impossible to get help.
1: It really is. The it trying to help
0: And I'm just thinking about like DSS and how they don't care about children. Schools don't care about children. Like, you have all these prison-to-pipeline systems. It's just sad, like, how they have, like, just broken down our community, like, year by year. And we've been so blinded by the lies that these politicians, state actors have told to people... And they're just causing so much heartache and carnage inside of families. Like, they haven't solved anything. They haven't stopped crime. They haven't stopped mass incarceration. They haven't stopped drugs. They haven't stopped mass shootings. Like, they haven't stopped anything.
1: Yeah, they're spending more money funding wars of cults to implement more wars on their own country. That's what (laughs) That's what's really crazy to me because they have all these supremacy groups and they're funding them to embellish war on the different nationalities that they have done itself. So it's like, yo, you spent billions and billions of dollars on this, but you don't spend no money on your country as an advancement from parts to your class division. You're trying to take out the middle class at that, you're taking the middle class out leaving the rich out of poor like it did in Stone Age and a little bit after that until now. So these having recessions, depression are uh, starting to get more extreme because they put in their names, put in they put on society's attack. So basically everybody's just slaves to the fire, and for real.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and only the elite get to eat. Not everybody else. Everybody got to get sold the product that they produce in the world for their reality. It's not fair. We should all be equal and able to distribute a portion of money that's being taxed from everybody's working efforts to one food supply. Food supply should, nobody should never starve because there's enough food on earth, plants, everything for everybody to be fed. Australia, even if it's on this side, USA, it's Australia, it's just enough. Because I know in Australia, they give sex today to women. Because they really cater to the women, to the respect women, with a kid or not. Right. So, yeah, so it's like, they they put their priorities in a whole other frame than what we do over here. They think about holes over there, and then they do whatever with their hands
2: and their eyes,
1: but over here... They're going to drain you for every dollar you've got unless you an entity in the legal field, which is nonprofit, small businesses, LLC, and et etc. You won't matter.
0: Right, so it's like, yeah. what's wrong with being poor? Like, what's wrong with helping right. somebody else get to the level that you're at? Because everybody's different. Not everybody is made with a business mind. Not everybody's made with the idea. Some people are made with ideas, but they can't put it together like they can't actually formulate it and make the finished product and they need somebody else to help them do that so what is wrong with teaching one another how to scratch each other's back you know what I'm saying like I don't understand why poor people are looked upon as lazy or you have some people are lazy but that means you just have to give them extra attention and show them what their abilities are. I don't... I just... I guess I don't understand why it's such a big deal about skin color and, you know, your money, your bracket of... your tax bracket each year. Like, what does that matter? I just... It makes no sense. Like, we're all here to help one another. Like, that's what it was supposed to be. Like, I don't understand where it got turned around at. Well, I do, but... I don't know. I
1: mean, it turned around again. We got enough time. Is it commercial
0: break? Uh, yeah, it's about to be commercial break. You want a break and then come back?
1: Well, we do have two interviews for y'all, man. So, you know, let's stay in tune and listen to that. But we're about to go to break, and we'll be right back. All right.
0: Good. Thank you for wanting to... Um, do another segment with us. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> All right. So uh, you said you're speaking about your injustice that you experienced. My, my case is difficult. It's not, but then it, it, in a way it is, but then
2: it is. I'm been on a murder charge, and the man is alive.
0: You say what? You on a murder charge, and the man is alive. I'm on a
2: murder charge. I have an attempted first-degree murder charge, which I've never heard of before. And he's alive. He's, he's walking the street, um, he's breathing, he's
0: not handicapped. Um, um do you mind kinda of giving deep like not detail but just kinda of tell us what happened?
2: Well, basically what happened well I was, I was first I was charged with this assault with a weapon, with an attempt to kill the series, this was in two thousand and seventeen. I was charged with uh, assault with Delaware with an attempt to kill the flip series, found on by a convicted fellow, shooting occupied property and shooting the firearm and it said limits. So, in 2018, when I tell the DA, I'm not going to take a plea bargain for no 18 to 22 years. This one, she comes and tells me, well, don't even worry about it. I'm going to supersede that warrant, and then I'm going to come and discharge you with attempted first-degree murder. So, I've heard of attempt murder, but I've never heard of attempted first-degree murder. And so, I told her I was going to trial. And I went to trial, and blew trial. And it was evidence in the case... You know, two guys were, well, those four guys made statements. Mm-hmm. Three guys were lying. One guy was, well, three guys was only going by what someone had told them. The first guy was the person who, who had got shot. And as I said, I had been knowing this man for about, like, 30-something years. Uh, we never had any type of beef. He said so. And, you know, I had this, I had this Jack League attorney. I'm not going to tell no lie. He was a Jack desert Because one of the guys made two different statements in my case. To the police at the same night at the same time, and when I pointed this out to my attorney, instead of him speaking on it in my trial, he never did. So I knew I was being jacked then. And so, like it's like now,
0: I'm fighting for my freedom now to try to get out of prison and try to get it back for as we speak. So they charged you with attempted and, first degree murder. And so, what defense did your lawyer have, or did he even have one? Excuse me, what defense did your lawyer have, or did he even have a defense? Like, what was his strategy? Oh, man,
2: he didn't really have a defense. Okay, I told this man, first of all, was this. I said, well, man, did you go? Okay, first of all, my case was on the premises that my nephew had got jumped on. This was the whole premises of the case. My nephew had got jumped on, and my nephew, they said my nephew called me, and I came over, and I shot this guy. Okay. Okay. My attorney never asked me that one time that I have a did I have a cell phone of any kind because I did so there was no way that my nephew could have called me anywhere. He didn't look that up at all. Okay, they had four shell cases. They mm-hmm. gave me a GS. GA, they gave me a GS small, and they had four shell cases. I asked them to to run to run the GSR and and, and the fingerprints on the four gel, shell cases. They never did that.
0: So they never gave you a GSR. Okay. Okay, the GSR, they swarmed me, but they never ran it. So for those that don't know, a GSR is a gunshot residue test. Um, That's what they give to people who they feel like have shot guns. And that's odd that they didn't give you one if they felt like you shot a gun because, of course, your fingerprints would be on the gun unless supposedly you use gloves. But they never did it, though.
2: Okay, see, they gave me a GSR swab, now. Don't get me wrong, but they never ran it. What's what I'm saying? They never, saying? T- the it's they a- never tested yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They never tested the theory, even though I asked. I kept asking. First, I asked them for emotional motion of discovery because I wanted to see what they had, what they had, mm-hmm. which I know that they didn't have anything. They was only judging my demonstration off of my past record, and I've seen this. Th- I've seen them do this a lot to a lot of guys. You know, instead of you finding me guilty of the evidence at hand, you're only finding me guilty because of the simple
0: fact you already know that I have already been convicted as a shooter. Exactly. Okay.
2: But see, now in my case, she was wanting me to plead guilty to a firearm by a convicted felon and assault with Devil would weapon attempt the kill, and she was going to give me a split sentence. I mean, I mean, she, she was going to give me, she was going to boxcar the sentence. So I told her, why would I plead guilty to a firearm by a convicted felon when you don't even have a firearm? That makes no
0: sense. So they didn't even have a firearm at all. Did they have one or no? No,
2: no firearm. Wow. No, no firearm. None. Wow. I'm talking about they searched me. They searched my lady's car. They didn't get no firearm off of me of no kind.
0: Have you tried to do any appeal processes?
2: Oh, uh, well, I went through the appeal. Mm-hmm. This attorney said he worked 29 hours or some change on my on my case for about two, two and a half years. He
0: did nothing. Twenty nine hours he is
2: nothing. Standard. Hold on, hold on. Twenty nine hours yeah. is nothing. Yeah. Well, it seemed like it seemed like when I was questioning him about about my case, it seemed like he was getting more mad with me by me asking him questions because I was trying to ask him. I've heard of attempt murder, but I've never heard of attempted first degree murder. Right. And I was and I was trying to look I was trying to look up the statue, or I was trying to find something on it. And I never could. So on my case, it says common law. That's all it says up on my commitment paper. and on and on my warrant, it just says common law. And, I, and so I've been trying to figure out what is common law.
0: It wasn't common law robbery.
2: Uh uh-uh, uh, no, it it just says common law. Wow. And okay. I've just been trying to ask them. Can you give me any type of paperwork? so I can find out what is an attempted first-degree murder. You see, it, it
0: has no general statute. It has no statute for me to look it up. And so I'm like, so I'm finding my way down. The only general statute I see is 14 through 17, but that says murder in the first degree and second degree defined punishment, which is homicide, which is that means they're exactly. dead. Exactly. See, see,
2: and, and, and that's what I was, that's what I was bringing to his attention, but he was trying to tell me I was in here for attempted murder, I said no, so well, I sent him a copy of my commitment paper it's, it, it says attempted first degree murder I got 26 to 32 years for a murder charge and the man is alive, and he's throwing me off
0: is he willing to, so if he alive is there any way he willing to write like anything, like any type of affidavit well
2: I don't know I don't know if he would or not, you see me, but it's just my mama saw it for what it was for. I was trying to, you know, because see, my mama thought the system was just so right, and I was trying to show my mama that the system is not right, and and in her eyes, it is until she saw it for herself, you see.
0: Right. You know,
2: and, and she was like, "Well, Michael, she was like, Michael, those guys set up here this told all out lies, and my attorney didn't even didn't didn't even rebut of no of no kind." The man said, one of the witnesses said that he was in the room when the shooting occurred. He came out and saw his brother laying on the floor. And his brother told him, I was shot. So my attorney asked him, well, sir, did you not hear the first two witnesses say, uh, uh, did you not hear the police? And they say that this man could not talk because he had got shot in the mouth. So there's no way that he told you anything. You see right. But they still let the hearsay rise. And and the thing that really threw me off was, was my attorney didn't object to it, the judge did. And I was trying to figure out how can a judge be a mediator and an advocate at the same time?
0: Yeah, that's odd. That's real odd. So, and, you went through appeals. You didn't get what you needed on appeals. So, what, what are you hoping for now? Like, what is your next steps?
2: Okay, so, okay, so, so they gave me a year to fill out like the uh, habeas corpus. But like I said, I didn't know the law, so I didn't know how to... I'm on my own. And so I didn't have the funds at that precise moment to do it or to pay an attorney to do it. So my year ran out. So now only thing I got going now that I can push for now is the MAR. But I don't want to push it through the legal aid system because when you're dealing with the legal aid system, with the time that I have, they want to try to make me do 10, 15, 20 years, uh, maybe 15 before they do anything because I've seen how they work and I've seen how they operate. Right and it would be a waste of time for me in all instances if you going to make me do 15 then you might as well let me finish the rest right mm-hmm.
0: right and that's that's crazy how slow the system works especially it seems for a black and brown community it works really slow you know to find you not guilty or that they made a mistake but it don't take them long to convict you on something it's crazy yeah well the thing that gets me is this: they always
2: say they pick. Jury of our peers, and I'm trying to tell you, when you say a jury of a person's peers, if you're saying that he's a peer, a peer must be someone that knows your condition, that has been where you have been. Because most of the ones that were on my my case, I I asked them, well, "Excuse me, ma'am, have you ever been to the projects? Do you know anything about the anything about the other side of the track?" And no one knew anything. You see, me. So right. I'm like, how are you? How are you picking a jury of my peers? When these people don't come from where I come from,
0: I agree. I, I totally agree. But that's and that's how it's designed.
2: seconds remaining. And, and th- the thing that throws me off is, is they don't know law neither themselves.
0: No, no.
2: Well, can you state so, your name for you us? Mr. Oh yeah, my name
0: is Michael Rhines. Thank you, Mr. Rhines. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh yeah. So it's an ugly demonstration with this system. We just, I'm I,
2: like I said, I, I, I'm glad there's people like you to educate out there because, uh, like I said. We don't have this type of... You have 30 seconds remaining. This type of uh, thing going on, and it should
0: be going on a lot. I agree. I agree. Well, I thank you for sharing your story, and hopefully you can finally get some relief somewhere.
2: Oh, yes. Oh, yes, ma'am. Well, thank you.
0: You're welcome. Take care. All
2: right. You too.
0: Bye-bye. Welcome back.
1: Welcome back discussion. you okay, our coffee needs to sitting warm and I know a lot of issues are being discussed and I know that we left off of how we got to this point and how we living right now. And I don't know, I, in my opinion I feel like it started in the seventeen hundreds. Late seventeen hundreds, like seventeen seventy six, right? When it gave everybody a colony, a lake a, a label. As white, black, Indian, etc. Uh, and tax started coming out, but we can go further back. Well, no, nah, that's kind of before uh, Abraham Lincoln. When he did, what he did, he only freed. It only applied to people in certain states, not everywhere. Right. Because the South was still against it. So it's like uh, when we talk about what's going on, we're talking about slavery. About about cattle, money? Bondsmen started making decisions on where they wanted to make more money off the people in the community, black or white. So we don't even got to get to the bias on what's ratios and who did what. It was, again, the rich, the bondsmen, people that own stuff, banks, et cetera. They wanted to start buying human beings and start selling them.
3: So... Mm-hmm.
1: We don't need to keep be thinking about what's no black and white. Because they, it was the same people doing it. It was rich white people and black rich and white, uh, black people too. And they all came together and had an assembly to start the slave trade to make money off another human being. And they own people like that. You have poor whites too that got slaves too. So you find that information in the Black Reconstruction by W.D. Du Bois. It's a lot of things that we can look at in that way.
0: And again, going back to that, why did you have to use human bodies instead of cultivating and mobilizing together to do the same thing that you were using other bodies to do? Somebody make it make sense. Well,
1: they, of course, well, you know what's going to make sense. Is it's like money was the issue here. I mean, we need insurance collateral, I and mean, then we don't have money to cover it. So somebody got to do this labor on this new field, on this new land. Somebody got to tip the grass. Somebody got to plant these plants, these seeds. We got to, we got to be fruitful over here because we got a new land out there We just, we
0: just. I own, understand that.
1: already, you know
0: what I'm saying. I understand that, but again, what was wrong with the Europeans getting out there picking cotton? What was wrong with the Europeans getting out there? doing everything that a slave person did, a black slave did, or Indian slave did. Some, What what was wrong with that? Why did it have to be a certain a color? Market.
1: When they started selling human beings, they made it a market, a money thing. Who was selling the human beings? Who was buying them? White folks. was no black folks buying um, they wouldn't buy them. They weren't buying black people like that. Some did. That's why I said we ain't going to get the racist thing going on. Because blacks and whites fall slaves, Here, It don't matter if they was Mexican, it don't matter if they was
0: black, they was buying them. So, buying them. this is your but product, labor. and this is your product of sex, the whole trafficking. Like, this is where trafficking comes from, because they were trafficking they, bodies. Right, yeah. right. Yeah,
1: right. That's a big super fact. So if y'all think the government,
0: if y'all think the government is not has nothing to do with sex trafficking, you're wrong. You're very wrong. They have a lot to do with sex trafficking, and I know that for a fact from a story I was told from somebody that that's what they did. They worked for a nonprofit that went to go save children and and girls and whoever else was sex trafficked, and they said that the that the White House would have parties and have children there. You see what I'm saying? So don't, y'all don't let them keep fooling you. The government is so dirty and crooked. They need to be up under the prison.
1: Yeah, I mean, they need to be up under the prison who be buying them. Right. And who be buying other human beings need to be psychologically evaluated. Right. There ain't nobody but the rich. I ain't got no money to be, I wouldn't even, if I had some money, I would, that's not even what I'd be thinking about. But, I mean, you gotta look at the rich and the wealth right now. What they do? They want to be catered to. They want to be served. So they buy what servants, maids, butlers, and you know, stuff like that. Gotta think about that. My thing is, I wonder why we're funding supremacy groups in a whole nother domain in Ukraine. I mean, like I ain't getting it. that. That's what don't make sense to me. And they want to use the NATO, the NATO right the secret. You know, I'm saying military here. And y'all give it, Y'all funding these. These good old boys, these, these white boys clubs, which is a supremacy group. So I'm just like, I'm trying to fix my mind, like, what benefit is that giving us spending billions of dollars for artillery when we over here start? I didn't, I didn't get that part. They're teaching them to come back over here to start a war on their own terms. So I'm not, I'm not getting, like, how is that spending this type of money benefiting the people of America, Because if I ain't correct, I'm just thinking if you are in these Senate seats, you are supposed to be making decisions for the Americans over here on, on this land.
0: Right. But you know and why. You know, I mean... They
1: doing nothing but putting us in harm's way. Because
0: they don't care about people. <laughs> That's why.
1: I don't know. Man, hit us up, man. Hit us up on the email. Let us know how you feel. What you want to talk about. Tell me what you want to talk about. Share it with me.
0: If you want to Let come on, on the show we will gladly have you on the show if you want to share your opinion. You know what I mean? We know how to debate yeah. without, you know, getting out of hand. But yeah, hit us up on a me-mail. It is org. Right. So hit us up.
1: It's
0: blacklight entertainment. I mean, I said Black entertainment. <laughs> blacklight entertainment. Blacklightatemancipatenc.org. But before, real quick, I do want to lead them into the interview. Um, I just want to give them some data, a little bit about um, life without parole in the United States. As of two thousand sixteen, there are or there were one hundred sixty one thousand people serving life sentences. One or one of every nine people in prison. An additional forty four thousand individuals are serving virtual sentences, life sentences, yielding a total population of life. And virtual life sentences at 206,000 or every seven people in prison. So I want y'all to understand that life without parole is a main thing that they use. Um, And you will hear in the two episodes about people that have extended amount of time, whether it's life without parole or just 40 and 30 years for things that they didn't do. So definitely listen to those interviews and give us some feedback on that. Let us know how you feel about that.
3: Right. My name is DeJuan. Yours? I'm currently at the Caswell Correctional Center. I've been locked up since 2000 five years and that's what's going
0: on okay so my first question is why do you feel like you're wrongfully convicted
3: um i was wrongly convicted because i was targeted um by the court system mainly the da mr howard newman prosecutor for over 30 years uh, i got some uh, police officers fired in a situation of brutality police brutality on that I got into in 2016. indictments, on some shit that I didn't do, excuse my language, Over some things that I didn't do, um, they knew I didn't do it, and they was just so pressed to have me locked up and convicted over that whole situation, so me winning a lawsuit just pretty much made me a political prisoner in Greens- from Greensboro, North Carolina, which I'm
0: really sitting in prison for nine and a half years over some shit, over some things that I didn't do. Right, right. So my next question is, what kind of, did you have a paid lawyer or did you have a public defender? Yes, I had a paid lawyer. His name was Jason Keith. He's, He's out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Can you tell me, do you feel like Mr. Keith had a strategy when it came to defending you?
3: Um, I, at, the, at the time, I was so gray about it because I, I really didn't expect to come to prison and I really didn't expect for all of this stuff to happen. So um, I gave him pretty much all the money up front, and, um, you know, he basically did what he wanted to do. Every time I tell him what to do to prove my innocence, he pretty much danced around it. You know what I mean? It was always always an argument, you know what I mean? But um, the prosecutor told one of his um, clients that um, he wanted me so bad that he was going to get one of his clients off probation. You know what I'm saying? That's how bad he wanted me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it was just a, like, I just got used as a pawn. And, um, I'm starting a nonprofit program to get some awareness in the uh, corruption of the courtroom, not just people that's been in prison and that's going through it because it starts in the courtroom, and there's so much corruption that's going on in the courtroom that it's ridiculous. People need to understand how they can really use the law against you and how the court system can really break the law just to
0: have you convicted, right, and that's why I became an advocate, a pretrial advocate um to kind of yeah. stop what's going on pretrial, so do you feel like yeah, he advocated enough for you for your innocence? No, no, not at all, not at all right
3: right not at all that's how that's how I knew like um how was the first trial that he actually lost? Right. I'm not gonna say sit up there and say that he didn't defend me, but he defended me on some stuff that he came up with, not what I told him to do. That's how I know it was kind of it was kind of weird. If I tell you like, hey, go talk to this person, or if I tell you to go like, yo, dude, go do this, go do that, we ain't gonna have to go through all of that no more. Like my case was a normal assault case, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm fighting three people in a restaurant and I had to defend myself. You know what I'm saying? They said I assaulted them when clearly the video showed these people assaulted me first. Now, if I'm telling you in this situation, like, you know, go talk to this lawyer because he knows what's going on already, like another lawyer. You know what I mean? And he'll give you the rundown. And this girl and this dude sit there in Texas, the other guy, and tell them what's going on. Like, you never follow up on that stuff. So when you get in court, you come up with all these dancing around questions for the DA to answer. You know what I'm saying, but the DA already had it in their mind that they was gonna put me in prison anyway. Uh, They denied my self-defense motions. They denied all these things. Uh, They used a charge of an habitual felon to indict me with, which they split one of my convictions up into two. And I don't know how they did that. You know what I mean? Right. Everything was everything was just all the rules was broken in my case. And as soon as I got convicted, that prosecutor
0: retired. Right. Yes, it's just like my husband's case. Um, And that's, that's, well, we're actually hearing that a lot out of Guilford County. So that's why I'm trying to get a lot of people's stories out of Guilford County. Um, Because we have another case where the prosecutor withheld exculpatory evidence. And so it's been known that that's what they do in Guilford County. And I want to bring it to light, especially with the new, well, with the DA now, Avery. She's not no better. She's just giving people plea deals. Um, So I'm working on the DA election to hopefully get a new DA in. And the candidate that we have is a really good one, which can free a lot of people right now in Guilford County due to the DAs just being mischievous Uh and the prosecutorial misconduct and things of that nature. For sure. I appreciate you sharing your story. Is there anything else you would like to add? Yeah, and I was just
3: like, I love this phone. Shout out to all the people that still support me that... They know I'm in here for nothing. Shout out for the people that's making moves, trying to get me up out of here. That's still fighting for me five years later. You know what I mean? Um, I lost a lot of other supporters because they actually believed it. The lies that was told on me, trying to make me look like a monster. I was at the city council meetings. People went uh, to jail over me and protested. I just want to thank those people and everything. I want to thank you and I commend you for what you're doing.
0: You're welcome. So thank you again for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed today's show. Your host, Sierra Cobb. Take care.